Bulls on Parade podcast by the Underground Run Club, powered by Matt Black. Welcome to the Bulls on Parade podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wagstaff, and I am delighted to be joined here tonight by a very special guest. This is another sponsor special. But speaking of sponsors, before we get into tonight's episode or today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, our major sponsor, Matt Black Property, our gold sponsors, Grind Espresso and Madhouse, and our silver sponsors, Cullen & Co Enterprises, the running company, The Shire, Sunday Road Brewing and Innovative Home Loans. And our guest tonight, very fortunate to have the man, JC, from Cullen & Co Enterprises here with us. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. It's um, it's always fun when I get to sit down with people from the run club. I mean, I've done, done many podcasts now, but sitting down with someone, I guess, relatively new that I don't know a great deal about, other than just from what we've got to know about each other from uh, the run club it's always exciting for me and and particularly when we have someone who's you know this is their first podcast i'm uh, looking forward to the chat yeah me too so mate start off with i always like to just kick it off nice and cruisy um as i said to you before what what we record literally just goes straight out there unless you say something highly inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) or i say something highly inappropriate um mate what's been happening today mate uh not much, been cruising the last couple of days. Yep. Is um, that a standard day for Cullen & Co employees? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> they uh, they come and go. <laughs> when the work's there, we like to work. But yep. uh, yeah, we uh, like to take it easy on uh, the other days. Good. But um, yeah, not much. Started the day with uh, a bit of a walk, a bit of uh, life cycle hacking yep. this morning. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, straight on the computer, calls, emails most of the day. Nice. And then... Uh, yeah, went for a property inspection for a new property. We're looking at leasing. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, more emails, getting ready for a project that's uh, kicking off next week. Nice. Well, mate, um, you know, you mentioned a couple of things there that I've got written down on the run sheet to talk about tonight. Um, but, mate, let's start off with uh, a little bit about, before we get into anything about business, you know, biohacking, um, how we came to get to know each other. Let's talk a little bit about you and, and who you are to start with, mate. Where did Josh Cullen grow up? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in the area, whether you got brothers and sisters, did you play any sport? Yeah, so uh, born and bred in the Shire, as uh, most of us are. Yeah. Um, not me, Raz. No, not you? <laughs> no. Nah. Where are you from? I'm a Westie, mate. I'm from Reevesby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, grew up. Went to Sylvania High, always played soccer in the junior years, yep. played reps. Um, yeah, just grew up, got a younger brother, younger sister. Yeah. Just having a good time. Peaches is having a little, keep going, mate. I'm just going to sort Peaches out. Um, so, yeah, grew up from a split family. Yep. Um, dad lives in the Shire, mum lives in the Shire. Good relationships throughout. So, um, had a really good upbringing. School, lots of sport, did athletics, did pretty much everything I could get my hands on. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you have any, did you say you got any brothers? Yeah, I got a younger brother, younger sister. Okay, cool. Yep. So you're the oldest. Eldest, yep. They're from, we got different dads. The guinea pig. Yeah, the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Couple of, so you mentioned you grew up in a split family. Yep. So, Brother and sister have different dads to you? Yep. Okay, cool. But all great relationship? Yeah, great la- ra- relationship. Paul, my stepdad, provided for me. Mum and Paul have been together for 20, yeah, nice. two, 23 years now. Nice. Um, How old are you? I'm 26. Nice. Okay, so, yeah, cool. So really you're quite young. young. Really young, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great relationship with dad. Dad's yeah. athletic, sporty, always nice. done athletics as well. Yeah, good. Mate, that's, a, I guess, a similar, I guess, Probably comforting for me to know that, uh, you know, at, at such a young age with a split parents, you know, you can grow up and have a great relationship with your dad. Obviously, you know, my son and his mum, his mum and I aren't together. Yep. But uh, I feel like I've got a good relationship with him. And, you know, hearing that from you at such a young age, having a split family and, and having a great relationship with your dad now, it's it's nice to know that, yeah. that, that it can turn out that way. It does. And it takes, took a bit, of, not a bit of time, but went through stages with, yep. yeah, 
partners and yep, yep. dad's new wife and things like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, our relationship through work, through business, through everything is yeah, strong as ever. It's good. Did, did your dad have an influence on what you've chosen to do as a career? Yeah, so dad's a carpenter builder. Right. A bit like myself. Okay, cool. Um, I had the nail bag on the Savo, mate. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't had the nail bag <laughs> on for a few years. <laughs> um, but yeah, dad's always been carpenter builder. Yep. Always grinding. Still works on the tools. Just really? loves it. Okay. Yeah, I'm a bit opposite. I'd rather manage. Clipboard chippy. Pretty much. <laughs> he does a lot of work for me now. Does he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very good. Mate, let's get into, I guess, what you have chosen for a career and tell me a bit about Cullen & Co Enterprises. So um, from what I understand, you've recently just gone out on your own as a project manager, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So project management consultancy and principal contractor yep. company yeah okay so where where did that begin i mean you obviously did a carpentry apprenticeship did you do that in the shire yep and did with, that. with your dad no right um, did that with another company called parvoy constructions yep we built a lot of higher high-end residential duplexes and new builds yep um and then from there moved on worked for a couple of other carpentry businesses just subcontracting for yep. a few years yeah um and then bit the bullet because i knew didn't want to work on the tools forever. Um, started with another construction company that did more commercial yep. project management work. Yep. Came on as like a junior project manager um, on a very reduced salary. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the bit the bullet, yep. took it and just said like, oh, I'm happy to start, but if I perform, I need more money within the next three months kind of thing, yep. which they did, did. Are you someone who needs like a visible pathway like for example, if they just said, like, did, sorry, did they just did they provide you and say, okay, you want to increase your salary? This is what our expectations are of you within this time period, and if you meet those, then we'll revisit your salary. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I literally came on board, um, and they said, oh, we've got a job up at Tyree. We want you to manage. Here you go. Yeah, it's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar make good of a office for yep. you. Yep, um, literally threw me up there. Week one said you need to do it within two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> with no contractors, nothing Deep like end. that. Yeah, um, everything went well. Yeah, all got done. Got done in ten days. Just yeah, went up there, grinded along for yep. ten days, and yeah, came back and then oh, yeah, happy, happy, stoked, and then from there we expanded and yeah. There's no, there's nothing quite like being thrown in the deep end. It's the best way to learn. Yeah, yeah, with everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was well, – how long ago was that? Um, that was probably in 2018, I'd say. Um, so I worked there for a few years and then started with my last company I was at. Yep. Um, which I ran their projects division yep. um, as project manager. Did a lot of Department of Defence work and yep. government work and things like that, based in Tarrant Point. Okay. Um, and, yeah, just from, on, from there we kind of had a good relationship earning a lot of money. I was I was on a profit share arrangement. Okay. Um, they offered me kind of part of the business. Like a buy-in. Yeah, buy-in. Yep. Um, but it wasn't what I envisaged as like my plan. I would have had to put 100% focus in that decision. Yeah. yeah. Which I like, like a bit of an entrepreneur thing. I like to, I want to start other things and yep. not just do construction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they brought someone else on board. All good relationship and everything and then just went in for a, Performance review, yeah, ended up getting a hefty pay cut kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they've brought someone else someone in. Someone in. Okay. So position changed yep. and yeah, yep. agreements changed and whatnot. I thought you were going to say hefty pay increase. No. <laughs> no, pay cut. I was hoping for a hefty pay increase. And they cut you. Oh, wow. Yeah, just took away some share arrangements and yep. things and things like that. Yeah. Um, so got issued a new contract on the Friday, thought about it all day. Handed in my resignation letter Friday afternoon. Yeah. And then just went, what am I going to do now? Wow. Okay. And that's how Cullen & Co was born. So by the sounds of it, and I guess this is something you don't learn about people when you're running at 4.30 in the morning. You know, I, I didn't, you didn't quite strike me as that entrepreneurial type to be really self-sufficient and driven and motivated and going to chase. Like when we discussed you coming on this podcast you gave me a bit of an outline i was like wow this guy's got a serious plan in place and 
knows what his goals are and knows where he wants to go. Has that been something that's developed or has it been something that you think has been instilled in you from, I guess, role models growing up? Um, I've always set goals, but I think in the last couple of years definitely have distilled further into like focusing on putting together goals, timelines, business plans, yep. things like that, yep. and increasing ways that I can reach those goals by yeah. education and knowledge and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big goal setter and ambitious goal setter as yeah. well. Yeah. I don't do things by halves. Yeah. Um, and I don't care if I don't reach those goals, but yeah. I don't want to reach something, like set a goal that I'm going to reach yeah. next week. You don't want to play it safe. Yeah. 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 It's funny, mate. They reckon um, – when I say they, I don't know who they is. <laughs> but, like, you know, people talk about success all the time. It's really interesting. There's I go through stages of being, like, you know, the – the buzzword or the the on-trend thing to talk about and, you know, like that entrepreneurship and that, I guess, goal setting and all that sort of stuff, like it's really hard sometimes to not get caught up in, I guess, setting goals so regularly that you're, you're not stretching yourself. Yep. And I think sometimes it's important to take a step back and just be like, hold on a minute, am I actually setting meaningful goals here or am I setting goals for the sake of setting them, knowing that I'm going to achieve them? Mm. And I think it's sometimes like it's very rare that people actually set goals that really get them out of their comfort zone and, and push them beyond their perceived limits. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Definitely. I'm, I'm like a, a big believer about obviously goal setting, but then it's working extremely hard like mm. anyone can write something down on a piece of paper yeah. but it takes a lot of like courage and mm. like you said getting uncomfortable yeah. to reach those goals yeah yeah i think as well with i mean talking about success i think success is that buzzword that i was sort of alluding to before it's so subjective you know everyone defines it differently and for some people it's literally just you know waking up in the morning and that for them that's like getting through every day they're happy and that's like okay I'm, I'm a success you know but for other people it's you know creating a you know multi-million dollar company that they started from scratch it, it, for others it could be just you know having a, a healthy happy family yeah owning your own home, owning your own home like all that paying sort of off thing. your car yeah. just like yeah. things like that and there's so many different things ways you could go with that but i mean you also hear about, there's a famous Jim Carrey quote where he says, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so that they could see that that's not the answer. Mm. And it's so funny. It's such a profound thing for someone of that status to say because it makes me think, it, it really does make me think, like I've been in the past very driven by financial goals and business goals and all that sort of thing. And, and right now I'm actually in a job where I pack my tools up at 3.30 and I go home and I do whatever the fuck I want yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm loving it. That's not to say that I won't be driven by business again in future. Who knows? But I don't know. It's just, it just really makes me think sometimes like, is that, is there, is there more than pursuing those big business, hairy financial goals, you know? Yeah. It all, it's all about what makes you happy. Like yeah. people will just work a seven or three job, for the rest of their life and, and be, be sto stoked be stoked about <laughs> yeah. it like they go to the pub on a friday night or they yeah. they go out with the family yeah. like it's just like everyone's different yeah yeah it is hard because i guess i listened to something the other day i'm just all these quotes are coming to yeah. me i've got two right now and i've said this one before life's a tough teacher gives the test first and the lesson later but it's kind of the same quote as this other one that i saw the other day it's Life must be lived forward, but learned in reverse. So, like you can only you're only you can only move forward. You can never go backwards. But the learnings can only come once you've passed. Yeah. The the event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the best the best learnings come from failure. Exactly right. Exactly. And I, but I think there's also it's hard sometimes when we do have our successes and our wins. I think it's important too to pause sometimes and try and take lessons from that as well. But it's often like we're forced to learn the lesson from failure because they hit us so hard. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think, I guess to to s summarize what you're saying there, 
everyone's different and it, everyone enjoys different things. And I think the the thing to take away from that is it's actually about more enjoying the process. Like you can set these big, scary, audacious goals, but make sure that the process to, and the journey to actually getting there is an enjoyable process for you. Because if you fucking hate it, you're yeah. not going to appreciate when you get there. No, it, it, the whole thing is the journey. Like yeah. same with running, like yeah. a marathon. Yeah, like You cross the line of a marathon. I haven't done a marathon, road marathon yet, yeah. but... You cross the line and yet you like that. Yeah, yet <laughs> July we're coming. Yeah, Goldie. Goldie. Fuck yeah. Yeah, nice. But it's like yeah, you say that like you run a three-hour marathon, you get to the line, you feel what this euphoria, mm. and then then what do you feel? Yeah, you feel a bit of emptiness because yeah. that twelve weeks leading up to it of training three, four, five days a week. Yeah, um, is what it's all about. Is mm. the journey. Hundred percent. It's interesting you mentioned running because literally I was going to use running as a um, a metaphor for this discussion that we're, we're currently having and then you just dropped it in there. It's perfect. When I finished my first 100K race, it was like a feeling that I just cannot describe, like no other feeling I've ever felt before crossing that finish line and I reflected back on all the training for it and I loved the training. Mm. I loved it. So I appreciated that journey so much and i appreciated crossing that finish line so much more and i can almost still feel that feeling now looking back at pictures and and remembering what it was like in the crowd and the music and all that sort of thing and it's funny at the moment i'm not overly enjoying training Mm. and i said i was going to do a couple of events this year but talking about this now knowing that i'm not enjoying the training as much and i'm sort of giving myself a little bit of a break taking a step back it's likely that i'm probably not going to enjoy the race either yeah if i even if i forced myself to do the training and got to the race it would probably be unenjoyable yeah um but i think i think it's definitely a a lot of lessons to take away from that and implement into life as well a hundred percent like i said like even like i said with business and whatnot it's like you just sometimes got to like you can be on the grind. You just need to take a step back sometimes and just mm. relax. It's like people that just work and don't take holidays yeah. and things like that. Do you find it hard to relax and just take a step back? Um, I've gotten better at it. I've, I've, I go through periods of high stress where I get myself worked up and I'm starting to get better about it. Yeah. But yeah, when the main thing when I have a problem is financial. Yeah. That's the main problem when I'm stressed is the money's running low or. Yeah got lots of bills coming up and things like that. Um, but I'm starting to learn to take a bit of a step back, just enjoy yeah. everything while yeah. you're there. Like the like same thing with running. If you're doing it, do it yeah. 100%. If yeah. you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Yeah. Like I'll, ever since I've – we'll talk about it soon, but the aura ring, yeah. um, I've always been a real bad sleeper. Yeah, right. Like ever since I can remember as a kid, nightmares um, – like waking up, stressful sleep, waking up in a pool of sweat. Really? Yeah, and wow. it still happens to this day. No way. And it's become more frequent lately okay. um, on, on a different level. Yeah. Um, I stopped drinking for the first three months of the year. Yeah. Um, and There's a lot to be said for alcohol consumption. Yeah, but it didn't go away. It kind of got more pronounced. Really? More, I noticed it more. Okay. Um, but what I've been trying since I've got the aura ring is just time asleep. Instead of waking up at four o'clock to go URC, um, some days I'll sleep until six thirty. Yeah, and it's like my sleep goes from five hours a night to seven and a half. Seven and a half, yeah. yeah. And you don't honestly don't feel much better about it. You think during the day, yeah. But then a week comes by and you're like, next Monday you're like, how good are Mondays? Really? Yeah. It, that is interesting to think about because I think a lot of people get caught sometimes thinking, oh, I'm so tired. I'll have 10 hours sleep tonight and I'll be good. Mm. It's like a week worth of five hour sleeps doesn't get caught up in one good sleep. Yeah. You know, you've got to sort of like that compound interest theory, like you've got to back up good sleeps and good habits on top of each other yeah. for it to actually start taking effect. It's just all about routine. Like mm. I've been listening to a lot of sleep podcasts and behavioral scientists yeah. and stuff lately. Yeah. And, uh, the main thing that they have said is just go to sleep at the same time every night. Every night, And yeah. wake up at the same time. Yeah. Like if you feel find yourself going to bed at 8 o'clock tonight, 
10 o'clock the next night. Just go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. Yeah. That's going to be more beneficial for you than jumping through different sleeping Sporadically. patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Every night of the week. Do you, th- what do you think contributes to your poor sleep? I mean, you said you've been experiencing this for as long as you can remember. Have you got any idea or made any progress with understanding what it is? Not yet. So I've been looking into getting sleep study done and things like that, but I thought I'd try or ring, try a few scheduling things, routines and yep. whatnot. Um, but I still haven't managed to get rid of the talking in the sleep or waking up during the middle of the night or like I wake up and I'm standing out of the bed kind of thing. No like, way. Yeah. Wow, okay. So poor Laura. She's yeah, had to put up with it for eight years. <laughs> it doesn't, I think she's used to it now. She just pulls me on the shorts, says back to bed. Were you aware of it when you first started dating Laura? Yeah. Right, I've been aware okay. of it for – like since I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So like I work. I used to like wake up screaming, and the only way Mum could wake me up is like put me in a cold shower. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. I've never met anyone that's done that. Yeah. Wow. Does that like? Do you remember it when you wake up in the morning? Sometimes, not all the time. Or I can remember. Sometimes I don't remember the reason. Yeah. But like I might be saying something during the night, or Laura goes, "Do you remember this last night?" It's like, oh. Not really, or then it's like, oh, kind of. Have you ever ever said anything questionable? <laughs> no, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be yeah. a good value if you did. But um, yeah, when we were living at Laura's parents for a while, um, I remember uh, waking up, standing up on the bed, she had a ceiling fan, <laughs> gone straight through the ceiling <laughs> fan, <laughs> made all this ruckus. No way. Her mum's sending her a message, going like, "What's going on? Is everything all right in there?" That's like amazing. Yeah, Josh has just jumped through the ceiling fan again. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's wild. But just something I've never really... Did that wake you up? Yeah, like I wake up. Of course, a ceiling fan's going to wake you up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was on, obviously. Yeah, it was on. That's amazing. But things like, like I've done periods of six, eight months off the drink completely. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if that's helped or not, but... Yeah, it's just it's just a strange one that I haven't been able to get on top of yet. Yeah, wow. All right, so you me- you've mentioned this aura ring a couple of times. Tell me about that and what you're hoping or expecting to achieve using it. Well, f- first of all, tell us a little bit about what it is. So it's a sleep tracking and data tracking ring. Okay. It measures heart rate and yeah, time awake, time asleep. So it's kind of like a whoop. It's just, it's pretty much the exact same thing as a whoop strap. Right. Yep. But rather than wearing it like a watch and wearing it like a ring. Yep. Um, they say that because it's around your finger, it gets a better reading, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. There's that much data out there about yeah. everything that works. Um, but yeah, pretty much just tracks everything throughout the night. And it's by, I've only had it on for about a month. Yep. Um, but from the data, it looks pretty accurate. Pretty time, on. time in bed, time asleep. Yeah, right. Um, time awake throughout the night, REM sleep, deep sleep, periods of sleep. Yep. Um, but mainly just trying to improve my REM sleep at the moment, mm. which is the sleep where you rapid eye movement yeah you dream and yep. all that sort of stuff yeah but the main thing is during that REM sleep is when all your knowledge that you consume throughout the day is then saved into your memory bank filed away in the subconscious yeah, pretty much so without yeah. the REM sleep everything you learn during the day you read a book just disappears pretty much really yeah wow that's fascinating yeah and then because obviously through this period of our young lives we um trying to consume as much knowledge yeah. and build on the future for as best as possible. Mm. Um, but yeah, just from all the, the studies that have been done on sleep and the onset of like diseases and things like that, like dementia yeah. comes from poor sleep, poor sleep quality. Wow. Like it's, it's crazy. Like how much that contributes to early onset of dementia. Well, you think about it like, recovery or sleep is the number one form of recovery that we have as human beings. Like that is when all of our recovery happens. It's when growth hormone is at its highest levels. It's when I think cortisol is probably at its lowest levels. Like it's, that is literally when we do all of our recovery. Yeah. If you look at like going a bit of tangent, you look at the Norwegian triathletes, Christian and Gustav. Yeah. Like you look at their schedule during the day, it's train, eat and sleep. Yeah, like wow. They don't stretch. They don't go to the gym. Like, they don't strength train. Wow. Really? There's and they're, they're dominating triathlon. Yep. But they've been training at this level 
for 15 to 20 years. Wow. Which, yeah, my strength and conditioning coach, Luke, he um, he's Go fascinated. Give, give him a plug. Give him a plug. Luke yeah. from Evolve Human Performance down yeah, in Tarrant Point. Good. Looking after a lot of the URC runners at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but because it's a lot to do with injury prevention as well, mm. and they don't seem to be injured at all. Yeah. But literally they're getting eight hours sleep every day. Yeah. They're getting naps during the day between training sessions. I was going to say, they're having naps during the day and everything too, aren't they? Yeah. And if they're performing at that super high level, it's obviously a reason behind it that it's working. Yeah, that's – I mean, for a while there, it's funny to look at like – I followed Ironman triathlon for some time and I remember back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, it was just dominated by Aussies. Yep. You know, you had Maka, you had Crowey, you had Pete Jacobs, like you, no one could beat these guys. And then you had the Germans coming through in like 2013, um, 2004, like um, what's his name? Sebastian Kienlay and yep. uh, Belgian Frederick Brenlied. Like you had these guys from that part of Europe coming through and now you've got these Norwegian guys that are absolutely dominating it as well like it's really funny like there must it'd be interesting to look at what the aussies were doing differently that was better than everyone else globally throughout that period and then what the germans are doing like jan fredino as well and now what the norwegians doing like there's got to be some things that you can actually take from all three of those periods put it together put it together and create like the The next the next phase right there's got to be it'd be interesting to look at actually maybe you can give luke some homework yeah, get him onto it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the aura ring, I always found with the whoop, I had the whoop for a while and it was like, unless you were prepared to implement the changes that it was telling you, it's just an expensive way to get data. 100%. You know, like a monthly subscription service just to be told that you're sleeping shit <laughs> yeah. or that you're not getting enough deep or REM sleep. Like what changes have you made since wearing that aura ring to your routine? Um, trying to implement a better structure to go to sleep. Yeah. So like same time every night in bed, nine o'clock, lights out, yeah. 9.30. Um, I've been pretty slack lately, but most of the time nine o'clock comes around into bed or start earlier. But like phone turns off, goes on to do not disturb or sleep mode at eight o'clock. Try not yeah. to look at it, set my alarm before we sit down, watch TV or yeah, do whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, into bed, read a book for 15 minutes, half an hour, and lights out. Does that put you to sleep reading the book? It does. puts me straight to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, until I pick up a thought as I put the book down yeah. and then lay in the bed wide awake. But, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, most of the time, like, I get a book and I'll get through, like, five pages sometimes and be falling asleep in the book. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something about it. Are you, are you someone that gets caught mindlessly scrolling on social media? Lately, a lot. Um, mm like a lot and I've noticed how bad it it's is. It's fucking annoying, eh? Hey? Oh, and it's so bad for you. Mm, yep. So bad for you. Even that blue light, you know, the, what it's doing stimulating your brain. Yeah. Particularly at night time like now. Like I, the reason I asked this is when you said your phone goes on do not disturb. It can go on do not disturb. But, but you still, still pick it up. having that fucking habitual reach for the phone. Mm-hmm. Not even to look if anyone's message. You may as well not. If you're going to reach for it, you may as well not have it on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's got to be. I think there's going to be some serious long term problems that we're going to start to uncover in the years to come from the amount of time that we're staring at the phone, scrolling. It's really funny when I get. I feel dumb. Like I feel like I get dumber from spending ten minutes scrolling on my phone. I'm just like, what the fuck? I feel brain dead. Yeah. What have I done? But like ten minutes. The problem is 10 minutes can turn into an hour. Yeah. And then you go like, what did I just do for an hour? Yeah, yeah, like it is nothing. fucked. It's so bad. Like you look at – do you get the uh, the screen time report at the end of the day or end of the week? Yeah. Sometimes I look at that and I'm just like, dude. How does that happen? How can you say you don't have time to do things? Like it's just that you're not prioritizing. Yeah. You're just mindlessly scrolling. It's so, so annoying. Yeah, well, that that's a big thing in my life is – Time management, mm. where like I got caught a few years ago. I noticed myself, everyone would ask you, how you been? Oh, so he's busy, like <laughs> busy about everything or whatever. Yeah. And I get to a point where I've listened to podcasts and read books. It's like no one's ever too busy nah. to fit something else in the day. Nah. 
like I have arguments with Laura about time, like time management and things like that all the day. She's always busy. Yeah. Like she yeah, runs a small business as well. Yeah. Um, but there's always time to do something throughout the day. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. Um, and once something pops up, I like to jump on it straight away. Yeah. Because otherwise it just sits there and then other things pop up or you get a bit lazy and then you're scrolling for an hour and then you've lost an hour where you yeah. could have done that job. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny. I remember someone said once in, Instead, next time you catch yourself saying I'm busy, instead flip it and say it's not a priority for me. I remember sometime I had a conversation with an old client of mine when I had the gym when I think they, I don't know, they were saying they were too busy to do something and we ended up having this conversation about being busy versus being productive Mm -hmm. and then being busy or productive versus what's a priority. And... Honestly, as you said, it's not a matter of not having time. It's a matter of what is a priority. Yeah. Because if you look at anyone that has a social media account of some sort, TikTok, Be Real, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, there is time to carve out of that and carve into something else more beneficial for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Um, mate, off the back of talking about the ordering and implementing these changes, you know, things like your, your sleep routine, going to sleep at the same time, um, you know, putting your phone on your serve and trying to stick to not touching it and all that sort of stuff. You mentioned something else earlier, the life cycle and, and biohacking. I want you to delve a little bit deeper into that and elaborate on what your understanding of biohacking is and, and what you're aiming to achieve and by using things like life cycle products. Yeah, so kind of I listened to... I can't remember which podcast it was. I think it might have been the guy who runs Lifecycle. Yep. Um, he jumped on a Mark Burris podcast yep. um, and talked about it. Mark's been taking it for a long time um, and just ways to improve the smallest things in yep. his life. Yep. Um, but mainly the focus thing has been a big part yep. of it. Um, even the first day that I started taking it, yeah. I just noticed my mind wasn't wandering. Yeah. I was driving down the street, just like one task and that's all you thought about. Yeah, right. Um, as well as energy and then the sleep as well. Like I've been sleeping a lot more lately. Yeah. Um, seven plus hours a night. Yeah. Um, I'm just – it's hard to correlate what is attributing to that, but yep. I think everything's playing a little bit of a factor. It's almost like you've got to do that process of elimination to find, out. to find out what it is. So like I know sometimes with dietary problems – you'll get like um, a naturopath will get you to remove everything and then start reintroducing things bit by bit until you start feeling that problem again. And then you know like, okay, well, this is probably contributing to it. Yeah. Probably similar thing to what you're experiencing. Yeah. And the the biggest thing is like, I'm just trying to improve the little parts just as much as you can. Like there's so many, I'm I'm also a sucker for new technology or, or the best of, things like yeah. if there's something that can improve my life by 10 minutes like i'm gonna do it you know what it just reminded me of then do you listen to hamish and andy podcast sometimes do you know what impulse club is no <laughs> so really in, hamish has this thing called impulse club where the instagram algorithm will just feed him something that he thinks he'll like and he'll just but impulsively buy new technology will just buy it because <laughs> he'll think it he thinks it's cool or will, like will be of some sort of add value to his life. Yeah. When you said like you're a sucker for technology, I was like, oh yeah, you'd be an impulse club for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I come home, like even today is a good example. I went out, like I've got a new job starting in a couple of weeks and I had to buy a generator. Yeah. Went and bought the generator, came back, realized I didn't have any oil for the generator. Bloke didn't think about asking yeah. me if I needed it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll go to Bunnings, get some oil. Left, Went to Bunnings to get oil, came back with a, chainsaw and a blower (laughs) (laughs) and Laura's just like you're hopeless like I went to go get ten dollars worth of oil and I came back with a thousand dollars worth of product product that's amazing (laughs) what do you plan on using the chainsaw and the blower for oh I don't know yet (laughs) (laughs) I thought you didn't like being on the tools mate no I I don't like being on the tools but I like new tools (laughs) (laughs) you like them staying new too don't you yeah not using them no (laughs) how good um but yeah back to the biohacking like just trying to improve many things as possible like wellness and mindset and mm-hmm. things like that yeah so the life cycle is one of them taking lion's mane and cordyceps in the yep. morning yeah which improves yeah focus um mental stability and then 
also energy. Yeah. So it's kind of a substitute for coffee. Okay. It's you can use it as a substitute for coffee. I put mine in the coffee. <laughs> oh yeah. Double whammy. <laughs> Double whammy. Yeah. Um, and then take shiitake mushroom and reishi at night. Yeah. Which improves sleep, relaxation. They're all mushroom products, right? They're all types of mushrooms. Yep. Right. Okay. That's interesting because I mean, I guess to go down the path of talking about um products like this i listened to a podcast the other day talking about psychobacillin from mushrooms right yeah and i'm obviously assuming that these mushroom products obviously aren't the the type that give you those hallucinogenic yeah euphoria all that sort of stuff and these are um given to you in i guess what would be called micro doses it is it's it's micro dosing of mushrooms pretty much so they're in extract form, yep. so in a vial. Yep. Just put a couple of dropper in your tea, coffee, yep. Yep. whatever you want to have under yep. your tongue. Yeah. Um, but I probably assume if you drank the whole bottle, you might feel a little bit something. Yeah, right. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. There probably would be people out there. There's um, The podcast I was actually listening to was, I think it was Andrew Huberman, yep. the Huberman Lab, uh, and he was either on Rogan or he was on – his own podcast with Lane Norton. Do you know who Lane Norton is? No. He's good. If you're interested in listening to stuff like this, Dr. Lane Norton's unreal. But um, he was talking about how like five years ago, if Dr. Andrew Huberman said that he was supportive of um, psychobacillin uh, products in treatment of people with uh, mental health disorders and things like that, he would have lost his job Yeah, as a, as a, I don't know exactly what it is, but he, he would have lost his, his job, his medical uh, qualifications and all that sort of stuff and been kind of disowned. Yeah. Whereas now it's heavily supported across medical boards worldwide that it is beneficial for people to use this stuff in controlled doses yep. to help them with mental health. Yeah, 100%. It's crazy how things just certainly just change. Mm. Like a month ago or a year ago or five years ago, it was a big no for yeah. all these kind of things. Yeah. And now they're exploring other options. Yeah, it was like drugs, big cross, and no, don't go near it. Yeah. And now that people are starting to explore, obviously, um, the medical health benefits of utilising things like this, yeah. natural products, um, to, to be of benefit to people. Yeah, for sure. And so how did you get put onto life cycle and, and what – so you mentioned your morning products and your evening products. Are these things that you have to take ongoing lifelong or are they things that you can take in like, I guess, periodized blocks? Yeah, I think definitely can be taken in periodized blocks. I think it helps if you set a regime and start yep. taking it all the time. Yeah. Um, but like since I've started, like I haven't been I've gone away for a few days. I've like flew, flown down to Melbourne for a few days and yep. here and there and whatnot. Um, and my, my schedule is fluctuates weekly which is a bit annoying but yep. like if the work's here like next week i'm going to orange for work and then tamworth a week after like it just it just changes yep. sporadically yeah um but you, i've just been noticing it like on a day-to-day like if i take it i can notice it straight oh, away really yeah wow yeah that's fascinating mm. mate what other things have you done or i guess maybe not done personally but heard about uh, I guess keeping on this theme of biohacking and trying to do as many of those 1% as you can to make sure you're living optimally. So I've done cold plunge, yep. um, heat therapy, saunas. Yep. Um, a thing that I've been doing lately is floating, yep. magnesium floats. How good is a float? It's unreal. Yeah. Um, do you find that helps you sleep that night? Um, or do yeah, you, I, actually, what, I actually haven't noticed. I haven't. Haven't thought about yeah, it? Yeah, no, I haven't thought about uh, relating it to it at all. Because magnesium is a big thing with sleep. Um, you take pill, yeah? I do, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that improves your sleep, taking the triple magnesium? Oh, it's hard to know, especially when I take it, if I take it on weeks on end. Yeah. It's hard to tell. I d- it definitely does, yes. It's it's funny, like, because I remember the first night I took pillar, I remember that I woke up the next morning, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that was noticeably better sleep. Yeah. But for someone like yourself who has had trouble sleeping for so many years, I was just interested to know whether you noticed any difference taking that triple mag. But having a float, um, I don't know what time of day you've had them, but like I've always found if I've had a magnesium float, like 
man, I just go straight to sleep. Yeah. Yo, I've, every float I've had, I've fallen asleep during the float. Yeah, yeah. Within probably the first 15 minutes, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, it's the only time lately that I've found that I can completely clear my mind. Switch off. Completely switch off. Yeah. Other, like other than that, like I've always got something. Mm. Floating, it's yeah. been like just fully blank. Yeah. Sick. And you wake up when the automated message comes on saying yeah. like, oh, your 60-minute float's finished. And you're like, no. Yeah, yeah. No. It's a little bit longer. <laughs> where do you um, where do you go and do your floats at? Um, I've been doing it at City Cave. Okay. At Kiriway. Kiriway, yeah. Um, I have a few vouchers that oh, yeah? I asked for Christmas and nice. people got for Christmas that I've still been using. Yeah, sick. Um, but I've always had it paired up. I did a day. I did a 60-minute sauna, 60-minute float, and then 60-minute massage. Oh. All after each other, how good! And just like even for like days after, you just feel unbelievable. Wow! Yeah, that's an expensive routine. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't do that on a <laughs> weekly basis, <laughs> uh, mate. That's unreal. Like, um, mate, I, I've done floats. I've done cold plunges. Um, as I mentioned, I've got an ice bath out the front um, that I just bought recently. Um, saunas hot and cold contrast therapy um all that sort of like meditation all that sort of stuff as well but it's funny like as i was saying before with the buzzwords and the on-trend things like i don't know about you but i start to notice when things become like really mainstream and everyone wants to do them it makes me want to do them less yeah (laughs) i'm just like you're doing it because it appears that you're doing it because everyone else is doing it, not because of the benefit that you're getting from it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, mate, yeah, I, I, I've always found that the cold plunging, the saunas, they're probably been the two main things that I've done probably most frequently. Um, meditation played a big part in my life for a couple of years and not so frequently now, but I always speak so highly of it. Has that, has that been something that you've delved into at all? It's something I've been looking into lately. I haven't started any meditation yep. yet. Yep. Um, I'm going to reach out to someone for a bit of help yep. just to get started. Yep. Um, I've started doing a little bit of breath work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, meditation is definitely on the cards. Yeah. Nice. Cause you look at all the top performers and, yeah. Everyone, they're all doing it like, yeah. and they're obviously doing it for a reason. It's it's really funny. Like our Western society, we we just, just mosey along in our own world blindly thinking that, you know, what we do and know these days has been around forever. But if you look at like the Eastern world and Eastern medicine and Eastern traditions, it's, been, it's far exceeded the amount of time that Western civilization has been around for. And meditation has been a practice for Eastern civilization for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And it's funny, you talk to Ben Ladder about, you know, this stuff. Benny knows a lot about, uh, you know, this sort of chat. And, you know, that meditation practice and things like, you know, the Buddhist, Buddhist way of life essentially, like Buddhist is – they don't say it's a religion. They say it's a way of life. I don't know if you listen to Ben Ladder's podcast, but um, mate, there's a lot of value to be learned in actually looking at Buddhism and not not necessarily like practicing it and you know shaving your head and wearing <laughs> you know the robes and things like that. But I, I've always found big value in the practices that they preach. Yep. Um, I even went and did a two-day silent meditation retreat down at the Nantian Temple in Wollongong. Oh, yeah. And, man, it was eye-opening. You know, like it was really, really cool to like – they say this – it's called noble silence, so no eye contact, no writing, no speaking. And basically for two days I didn't write, I didn't look at anyone and I didn't speak and I just followed this monk around and he taught us about Buddhism, he taught us how to meditate, he basically like – I guess taught the the people that were there present everything you could in as as much as possible. I'm trying to say in that in space of 48 of hours. I mean, it was really eye opening, eh? Yeah, that's so a, that's highly, incredible. Highly recommend looking into meditation um, as a, I guess another another um, string to your bow. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah another um, another biohacking practice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, 
mate, we've talked a lot about the biohacking. I was very interested to talk about that. We've talked a little bit about your business. I want to talk about, um, I guess, you know, this is a URC runners podcast. Yeah. How did you come about the URC? How, what was it that got you involved with us? Was someone that you knew running with us already or tell us about that? Yeah, so I think I've I've been following you personally for a few years now. Stalker. Um, the full-on stalker. <laughs> <laughs> um, since like the start of URC maybe. Right, Definitely okay. when you still own the gym. Yep. Um, and then I always wanted to come down but just never – I was going through periods where I was going through injuries yep. and yeah, going for a 10K run was not on the agenda. Yep. Yep. Um, things like that. So I think I followed along for a good – year i reckon before yep. i came down to have my first session yeah um but lansbury <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've been always been mates with him i yeah, actually yeah. worked with him for a few years nice um but yeah he was banished banished gone <laughs> he thinks he's gonna come back better than ever <laughs> um but yeah pretty much just yeah sat on the sidelines and watched for a long yep. time until yep. i literally just turned up one day yeah nice like didn't know anyone turn up solo turn up solo yeah nice um and yeah, I think I started running three days a week from then on. Nice. I love stories like that when people watch from the sidelines and and uh, and, and then just come down on their own, don't know anyone, they just rock up. Yeah, it's it's a big thing to do for a lot of people. It's you getting out, you like getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like a lot of people, like I've, I grew up, I was pretty shy. Yeah. Um, where like doing uncomfortable things is like really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where now like the more uncomfortable situations you can put yourself in, yeah. they will become comfortable. Well, it's funny, mate. You, I mean, by the sounds of it, you know that's where the growth is. Yeah. You know, forcibly putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions is where you're going to find out the most about yourself. Yeah, 100%. So you came down, had your first run. Do you remember what your first run was? I don't. No? Nah? No, nah, I can't remember. Maybe... I feel like generally... People will remember their first run, particularly if it's a Tuesday, because it it would have been like Water Street or Barney. I Bay think Road it. Or I think it was like something that. like might have been even like Woolaway Road or right. oh the Woolaway Whip or the something. Woolaway Whip, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do you remember when that was? It was twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. What are we now? Twenty twenty three. So it must have been the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Because I did last year's summer series that's right and i was still relatively fresh maybe like three months in yeah that's like right that. it, actually it might have been january 2022 yeah right okay yeah so literally came in fresh face didn't know anyone yeah just dived head first into the uh the 2022 summer series yeah i think eden's just got home Come to spoil the party yeah yeah <laughs> don't worry about uh pausing or anything like that she'll probably say hello good um but yeah straight straight into the summer series pretty much yeah yeah hey babe do you want to talk about the summer series yeah we can chat about it <laughs> <laughs> it is mine to lose gone down in urc folklore as the most memorable finish to a series that we've <laughs> had in the men's field i think yeah it was um it was good fun yeah. I had a really good time. Yeah. Um, Mate, you dominated. Like, you absolutely dominated the whole series. I think the first three races, you were, you know, untouchable, running from the back of the field through the whole pack, most most races, really. Yeah, I think it was pretty much from, yeah, I just, it's literally, you've just got to have, leave it all out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. the only way you're going to improve is run faster than you ever yeah. have before. Yeah. It's one of those um, things where it's like, there is, Pretty much there's no pacing strategy really. It's like you've got people in front of you to chase down yep. or you've got people behind you trying to chase to you hold down off. <laughs> to hold off exactly. Um, but, mate, look, I, I know it's been the butt of many jokes since then. You know, that final race you had some stomach issues, I think. Yeah. A bit crook. Yeah, I think I had – because obviously we ran through URC mornings yep. the yep. whole time. Yeah. Um, I was hoping for a perfect Friday afternoon preparation, but <laughs> – I had a job out west at Richmond and it yeah. was like we were slugging along to get it done. Fuck. Um, just, yeah, worked in the heat all day. Yeah. And then just thought, yeah, I'm just going to have a good crack. Yeah. But you got like 2K in and it was just like, 
cramp. cramp stitch, just like couldn't run anything quicker than four minute no twenty pace. Which is still quick. Which is still quick, yeah. but to win we were talking about like you had to run three twenty pace. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was good. Yeah, they are good fun though, Summer I'm glad that Rhett won. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Did you give it to him? Tried to. <laughs> <laughs> so did you bring him down to the URC? I think so, yeah. So I think we'd been talking about it for a while. Right. And then I came down and then not long after he joined in. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And now two of the uh, the main characters. Yeah. Or Bre- well, Brett is. Yeah, Brett, Rex, <laughs> Rat, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I love Dan Atkinson's Instagram photos with the coffee cup every morning. It's so good. So it? funny. So good. Even when he, even when Atkinson was over in the UK when we still kept it going. You'd still be resharing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and so before joining the URC, had you been much of a runner or were you more into your triathlon or? So I only start, I did my first triathlon in 2020, I think. Yeah. Maybe. It was before the URC, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I've always been into fitness and yep. yeah, always been a runner, but I've never ran anything more than 10, yeah, okay. 12, 15K kind of yep. thing. Yeah. Never had a running race before. Um, but. Yeah, just wanted to dive in and start having a good crack at some some goals and yeah, running nice. races. And so, then obviously after the summer series, um, you know, moving through two thousand twenty one or two thousand twenty two, I should say, regular with us uh, last year and into this year. How have you found running with the URCs? I, I guess Im- influenced or impacted you um, and. I guess your day-to-day routine, your mindset, the people that you've come across in the URC, has, has anything impacted you or, or influenced you in a significant way? Um, I think just as a whole, like the URC, the community that you've built pretty much there, the mm. 100, 200 people that have yeah. come past over the, the last couple of years, yeah. um, just everyone plays a massive part if it's just even saying hello, yeah. going for a run on a yeah. non-URC day that you yeah. wave out or you have a quick chat to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, relationships that have been built from that have impacted, like, my day-to-day life. Yeah. New friends have been made that we talk a few times a week. Yeah, or nice. Like, I think that's probably one of the things that I like the most um, with the URC is, like, a lot of these people that are going on runs on non-URC days now didn't know each other before it. Yeah. You know, like there's people that are hanging out with their families that didn't know each other before Yeah, running with us. And it's a, quite a special thing to look at. Um, and, and it's nice to know that, that, you know, that's it continues, you know, with someone like yourself, like new friendships made. And you, obviously that's going to lead to many new opportunities in future as well. Yeah, and for sure. And just the mental health aspect of it, like just getting up at 4.30 in the morning, mm. not really thinking and turning up like – just running with a group makes yeah. you feel good. Yeah. You don't even have to t- I could I could run and not say one word to anyone else and it just makes you feel so good. Just be surrounded by people. hundred percent. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's thinking about coming and and is fearful or is unsure about whether they're gonna fit in or whether they're gonna be good enough to turn up and, and, and run with us? Just turn up. Just just turn up and say hello. It is really as simple as that, isn't it? It is. All you gotta do is come up tug Dan on the shirt and yeah. say, hi, I'm new. Or yeah. you normally pick a face out of the crowd and yeah. there's a new runner where you make your, yourself known yeah. to him. It is very easy for me to see who is new and who's not. Like I, I do – I feel like I'm pretty good with faces and pretty good with names as well. Yeah. Um, I do notice when new people come along. But it's really funny. Like it is as simple as just turning up. And, and sometimes I feel like when I'm saying it to someone who I'm having a conversation with – I feel like it's salesy and I'm selling it like, come on down, like we'll look after you, blah, blah, blah. But like I need people to hear it from our community and our runners, you know, our community and our runners. Like it's not – I don't stand to gain anything from you coming. Yeah. Like it's free. Yeah. I just want people to be a part of it because I've seen what it's done for people, you know. And it's just like <clears> – <throat> It's nervous the first time or the second time or whatever you do to get down there. But, like, there's such a range of runners mm. in the group yeah. where you're never going to be left behind. And if you even came down, like you said to someone that 
oh, I can only run six-minute pace. Yeah. I bet you 10 people who put their hand up and run with you on the first yeah. day. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it's just crazy how much people, like, kind of not sitting back, but through the summer series, I didn't run. Mm. Um, we helped a lot kind of thing and watched along. Yeah. And the, ra- the race committee. The race committee. <laughs> but just the, Strong the growth in everyone. Like, yeah. no one went backwards. Like, nah. everyone just grew. Mate, do you remember race three – the Oak Park Loop 4K. Mm. So based on everyone's benchmark 5,000 time, we had predicted times for what people were going to run for a 4K race. People absolutely blew it out of the water. Like the the paces people, everyone in the field was running was unbelievable. I I can't wait to watch everyone's next benchmark race and see the improvements. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, like what people did in that summer series third week was unbelievable. And it was just the shock on all of our faces to be like, like, where did you come from? Like, yeah. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And the hurt in yeah. people's body and faces <laughs> after the race, because they've actually like just left everything out there. Yeah. And it's, actually it's good to see reached their current capacity. Yeah. It's funny. It's a natural inbuilt mechanism for us to try to back off when we start feeling pain mm. and to be able to push that little bit extra, a like, little bit further and just fight, through that pain a little bit more you're actually capable of a lot more than what you think 100 percent. it's like when you think you're at your peak i yeah. reckon you've got at least 20 percent more yeah 100 percent. easy yeah definitely mate um always ask five questions at the end of our podcast i'm gonna try my best to remember what those <laughs> questions are um we did talk about what your first route was the other day but do you have a favorite route that we run favorite route at the moment um the dem and drops always uh yeah a, a big favorite amongst yeah. everyone yeah that's good fun because it's it's not easy but it's not like challenging towards the harder pass part of the run yeah compared yeah. to like Barney Bay Road or yeah. something like that where it's like really test you on the way back. I think Barney Bay Road is easily the hardest run we do. Yeah. Easily. It's there's no flat, it's just hills the whole way. Yeah. It's probably that's probably my favourite. Gannon's Cannon's a bit of a oh yeah. Spicy one too. Depends which way you do that. Yeah. Depends whether whether you do it clockwise or anti clockwise. I think uh I, I definitely think going anti clockwise is harder. Yeah. You leave all the hills until the back. Yeah. Back end. Yeah. Um, mate, what do you got some goals coming out this year? Yeah, in the way of goals. Um, business goals. Um, I've got because my business is obviously just a startup still. Yeah. Um, I want to make which this is a year two two year goal. Yeah. Yep. But it's just a number. But I want to make a million dollars net profit. Yeah. In the next two years. Yeah. Like in an annualized form. Yeah. Um, it's just be better at yeah. anything I can do. Yeah, um, and, and as a as a uh, recently engaged, so as a partner, yeah. as just soon to be husband, um, but just in every aspect. I think having that attitude and that mindset is literally the the first step in the right direction. Yeah, you know, like there's probably some people out there that don't even contemplate what it's like to have the desire to want to be a better partner husband father business owner friend like there's there's probably yeah people out there that don't even have that realm of thought but to hear you say like i just want to be better like and that's not to say that you're not good enough now i know that you're not implying that you're not good enough but to always want to gain you can always improve in something yeah to always want to improve is. is i think it's a good trait to have to want to always improve upon yourself in as many ways as possible yeah i think self-reflection and improving in yourself is the first step to improving everywhere yeah. else we have to be aware you yeah. got to have that self-awareness and you're only going to gain that through reflection aren't you mm. very good um all right so we've talked about favorite route goals um favorite distance to run or race 10k yeah think at the moment that's the standard from everyone we just i'm just going to put on a 10k race <laughs> for everyone soon i think it, yeah i haven't done 
I've only done one half marathon. Yep. And that was after a 90K bike. Oh, yeah. yeah um, okay. And I did that off the back of an injury where I had no run prep for yep. – I didn't run for six weeks. Yeah. Um, got runaway Sydney half coming up. Yes. Um, Two weeks time. So I'm looking forward to that distance. Yeah. Um, I've just found I haven't got that much back end race in me still. Yeah. Yep. Things change on race day. But yep. um, yeah, I think 10K is just that easy, well, not easy, but like good distance. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. Nice. Um, and you did UTA 50 last year. Did. Any plans to do any ultras again? Um, not this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still getting through some niggle injuries that I've had yep. for six to 12 months. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to do a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to do a hundred. Fuck yeah. Um, how'd you find that 50? It was tough. Yeah. Really tough. The first 30 K were okay. Yeah. Like on the back of that, I, I literally, I did that off the back of an injury too. <laughs> You like, love a good run race prep, oh, don't you? Oh, like I literally, the furthest distance I'd run prior to the weight, the race was that week mm. and it was 12K. Wow. Um, for the six weeks leading up to it. I just wow. thought like, even if I go out and have to walk it, like yeah. it's just a day out, I just get it done. There's something to be said for that. Like the amount of people that have said to me, oh, I don't know if I could do a half marathon. Or I don't know if I could do a full marathon. It's like you're thinking about it wrong. Mm. You can absolutely do it. Yeah. It's more how long you're prepared to put in to actually get it done. Yeah. So for you, your attitude was, well, if I have to walk and it takes me eight hours, I'll do it. Yeah. It's I'm not not finishing. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? I think some people, they get caught in this like expectation that they have to do it and run the whole thing. Yeah. It's no, no, no. What, just understand what your expectation is. If you say, I don't know if I could do a full marathon in under three hours and your average pace is five minutes per K, that's a realistic thing to say. Yeah. It's more unrealistic for you to say, I don't know if I could complete a full marathon, but you can run half at five minute Ks. Like, yeah. Absolutely right. you could. 100%. You know? Um, right. So you've got Sydney runway half, you've got Goldie full marathon. Goldie marathon. I'll be there to watch you do both of those. Beautiful. Can't wait. Um, mate, do you have any, I guess, quote or something that where you draw inspiration from? It, it might be a quote or just could be a person. Like where do you draw inspiration from in, in business, in life, in your athletic endeavours? Um, there's a few people I look up to, but um, a main one in this period of my life at the moment is business and knowledge and wealth and things like that. Yeah. Um, he's actually a property developer out of Melbourne. Okay. Um, his name's Oscar Ledlin. Yeah. Um, big advocate of like self-reflection and just being honest about everything yep. and being as open as possible to you can. Yeah. Um, but he does a lot of – he just started like an alcohol company, entrepreneur, yep. things like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's someone lately that I've been grabbing – inspiration and yeah, nice. knowledge from awesome and mate in terms of cullen and co enterprises obviously having you on it's great to get the chat to you uh i guess individually as a person but obviously being a sponsor special and you being a big part of you know powering the urc this year how can or what should people keep an eye out for or you know, why should they think of Cullen & Co Enterprises? In what circumstance or situation would someone need Cullen & Co Enterprises? So it's a hard one at the moment because I don't 100% know what final avenue I want to take the business. Yep. I know property is one major part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there yet. Yep. Um, I've got one property in Kiriwee that we own, looking at leasing and a lease-to-buy option for another one in Tarrant Point. Yeah. Um, but... I'm, I'm looking at starting a residential division, which will help out and look out for mums and dads and anyone yep. that needs work. Yeah. Um, but mainly just in, I don't know, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Just like it, just anything, knowledge, reach out if you need help. Yeah. Just, yeah, I'm happy to help. I'll, I enjoy helping others. Okay. Just, it doesn't so matter what. Basically just having a conversation with you if they think that you might be able to be of some assistance to them with, uh, with like property, property development, construction, anything. anything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, reach out about any kind of questions if I can add value to. 
Just any life questions too? Anything. Just reach out. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, mate, I have thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Uh, I hope you have too, and I'm sure the guys are going to get a lot out of it, particularly, mate, talking about that biohacking stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of value in tonight that has been very different to uh, the previous guests we've had, which is always a positive for me. I love having people on that talk about stuff that we haven't really talked about before. So, mate, I've absolutely loved it. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, mate, looking forward to seeing you do some big things in the future. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Done, mate.